good, y'all. It's your boy C Row Money Money. That's dollar sign host of Nerding with Friends podcast. I'm joined tonight with my co-host, Codename Comet. Salutations, my fellow blurs, nerds, and peaceful herds. It's your boy, Codename Comet. What's going on this evening? Thank you all for joining us, no matter when you're listening. It's always a pleasure to have y'all join us. Um, and if you would, new or old, if you like what we're talking about, go ahead and give us a like and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Podchaser, wherever you listen to podcasts. And um, also check us out at nerdingwithfriends.com. Follow us on Twitter at nerdingwfriends. And now that that's out of the way, let's get into this review of DC's latest animated movies, Batman, The Long Halloween, Part 1 and Part 2. We're going to break up this podcast into two segments. In the first half, we're going to talk about part one. And in the second half, we're going to talk about part two. Spoiler warning for anybody who hasn't watched any of these movies yet. I would highly recommend them. This is, I think, the first Batman property we've seen from the DC animated movie slate ever since they kind of got that reboot that happened in Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. Um, there have been a lot of Superman stuff to come out since then, but I really enjoyed what they did with the long Halloween. Um, just to talk about part one for right now, the the animation and the art style really stood out to me. I like the dark lines. It makes it feel like a uh, graphic novel, graphic novel that's come to life also reminiscent to the Telltale game series that um, Batman has. What do you think, Codename? I mean, as an artist, uh, I, one thing I really liked about that style is that it's very flowy. And uh, if you if you notice, it's, uh, it's really easy to see their movements. And I'm a huge fan of being able to see what happens in like what I'm watching, especially shows like Batman or shows uh, where they show a lot of like hand to hand combat because it, it, it gives you so much more. And with with this, you know, animation style and, the, you know, just the, the beauty of this this two part Batman film, um, they gave you a lot of different lighting changes and uh effects that really brought a beautiful thing to life um it, it almost gave me that uh in a way it kind of looks like uh like a borderlands with mm. less mm-hmm. uh of the 3d graphics um and it's just it's 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 dope like they they did really well with it i like the idea of a i like how they rebooted it and we get a chance to see new Batman because uh, that's really what this was. This is like Batman, what feels like, it almost felt like a year one Batman, like him fresh on the scene, having to deal with, you know, new stuff and all of these villains who are really different. Um, for I've never seen Batman take so many L's. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. This is a a young, fresh Batman. So we're seeing where 
he isn't the world's greatest detective yet. And right. he he fumbles and bumbles his way through this thing. Like you would expect um, you know, somebody who's just doing this for the first time to do. And I, I like that. I also like the grounded approach. I feel like that's when Batman is at his best. That's why I'm looking forward to this new um Batman movie coming out next year with Robert Pattinson where it's Batman doing detective work, you know, mm-hmm. trying to solve a crime, using force and violence when he has to, you know, working with Commissioner Gordon because Batman needs a partner and and, and is is relevant here with his relationship with Catwoman. You know, she is probably a better asset to him than um, Gordon or Harvey Dent. She yeah. was the one that found the money for the um, was it the, the Falcone? It was the yeah, Falcone was money, right? She got the had, money. Yeah. You know. She was basically there to help Batman fight whenever he was getting beat, like when they were fighting the um the the Asian gang. Mm-hmm. And, and she was she was the the Robin before there was a Robin. Uh, she really came in handy, a, even when he didn't know he needed it. Uh, he didn't. He he. A lot of the first part of this sh- this film is him fighting against the idea of needing help. It's, mm-hmm. it's him fighting with his pride and it's him losing. And that, and that's great to see as a Batman. Uh, it's great to see as a his superhero because it's something that we can relate to. It's, it, you know, you know, how many times in life have we put our pride first and, you know, took that L and then had to, you know, go back and, you know, reassess and reevaluate things and things, go much better the second time because our, we've now put set our pride aside. We've set our ego aside and things, you know, we're able to see things from a different light. And that's kind of what happened with, happens with Batman. When you have something like a Catwoman, um, I think that really brought out the detective element because one thing we got out of this year one Batman, and he said it himself, I didn't think I was going to have to do detective work. You know, he, <laughs> he was going to be able to just come out, just, you know, punch a few niggas in the face and put some guys in jail and hero, yay, metal, metal chain, keep to the city. But, you know, when you're in a city like Gotham, there's always something that's going on because there's so much more to the city than just big buildings and rich people. There's so much crime. There's so much uh, deceit. There's so many lies that are deep rooted and, you know, superseding everything that's happening on, you know, the streets. And, you know, Batman or Bruce Wayne, rather, is fortunate enough to be at the top of it all where he should be able to see what's going on. But as year one Batman it shows that he he's not even ready to play the dual the dual role yet, and I think that's really cool to see because it's something that throughout all the Batman's we've seen movies and you know cartoons alike we haven't really seen this yet. Yeah, another thing that was interesting for Bruce Wayne is just you get this grounded 
early Batman, so there's still time for him to talk about his parents. Yes, yeah. we've seen Thomas and Martha die countless times, and we're going to keep seeing them die. Oh. You've got to get used to it at this point. But I like that we got to learn a little bit more about them and how they were actually working with, you know, Falcone's father. And there was a little bit of blood on the Wayne's hands and you know, Bruce is really trying to atone for what they did. You know, like these were good people who, you know, they walked that that line dealing with the mob, trying to do it for a greater purpose. And I, it's alluded to that those mob connections is ultimately what got them killed. And right. Batman from that eight-year-old Bruce Wayne. And just the whole mob vibe of the whole movie. I felt like I was almost watching like an animated version of The Sopranos. Yeah. Just by like, it was very, you know, like it felt like a mob detective movie with just a splash of the supernatural. Like, yeah, the, the inclusion of Solomon Grundy is kind of what did it for me. You know, like they didn't really explain much about him. Yeah. And, you know, this Grundy is just like the, born on a Monday, Grundy. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, he was there and, you know, he served his purpose, you know? Yeah, I was like, I, I like how they treated Grundy. Like, there was an ep- like, the first Thanksgiving, he, they brought him food. You know, he, he, he was treated like his own citizen, you know, the sewers was for Grundy. When you knew you were in the sewers, at some point in time, he was going to pull up. That's where he belonged. And if you were going to go down there, then you had to treat him with respect. And I like how it was an understanding. It was like, (laughs) this is Grundy's domain. Like, there's people that don't get that that are on the surface. Uh, So having that element, it, it it was definitely out there. It was definitely different. It was definitely unexpected, but it wasn't. It wasn't unnecessary. It, it was cool. <laughs> it was like, it's like, all right. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Serves its purpose. Um, but yeah, you're right. It did. It did really feel like a mafia mystery like movie. It, it, it was dope. It's because for the most part, we got a lot of what was going on between, you know, Harvey Dent and trying to get you know these guys arrested and the, the Falcone family and the um, Moroni family who are already at odds having to deal with you know the potential killer that's either amongst them or you know they really didn't know where this you know this guy was coming from all they know that is that their people were getting knocked off one by one every single holiday yeah and um the the hunt for the holiday killer is really led by the trio of Gordon, Batman, and Harvey Dent. And I want to spend some time talking about Harvey because um, Batman Begins and um, The Dark Knight, the Christopher Nolan movies, they both drew a lot um, from the Long Halloween graphic novel for their films and it's kind of like a circle because the comic influenced the movie and now you can see how the movie influenced the retelling and the comic 
especially when it comes to Harvey Dent. And you really got that he's a guy for the people, but they did a lot more to allude to what's to come. If you have Harvey Dent, he's going to be Two-Face. Oh, yeah. So, And and can we just stop for a second and really just point out the fact that Josh Dumel fucking thrashed this role, yo. I don't know if this is his first time as a voice actor, but like his 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 range and his ability to like convey emotion in his voice, like even like even in towards like the beginning of the movie, it's just dope, yo. Like he, he killed this shit. Like I like even knowing that he's the two face version, you know, it's, it's like it, it's just it's 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 exquisite, yo. I, I was really impressed with. Harvey's role, I was really impressed with Jensen Echols as Bat- Jensen Echols as young Batman. Yeah, you know, like he made that transition from you know he was Red Hood, and now right. he's and now he's Batman. Like and, when you saw when I saw the name, I immediately thought, oh snap, Red Hood's gonna be in here, and then you see him <laughs> as Batman. I was like, oh no, nah, this is cool. Like this is better. And. If we're talking the voice cast, we we have to you know mention Naya Rivera, um, rest in peace. She did a fantastic job as Catwoman. Um, it's crazy that we see like between her and Chadwick Boseman with um, Marvel What If coming out, like yeah, these two two souls that are gone too soon. Their last their last roles came from these voice acting um, appearances for such iconic characters as Black Panther and Catwoman. And she did an incredible job as well. Like I, I I really like how they've been showing Catwoman. Like they show Catwoman with a lot of strength. Um she, she was, was super a, useful in this movie. Oh like <laughs> she was if she wasn't around he would Bruce would be dead time. if it was not for Catwoman in this <laughs> yeah, movie. Like, like and and I like how, you know, they did it in a way that didn't make Bruce look like he was worse. It just looked like he was inexperienced. And she's been doing this since she was a, a, a little kid. So crawling on buildings, you know, stealing, pickpocketing, all of the stuff that she was doing, like, it's not new to her. Like, just transitioning her skills to, to it being more detective is nothing but the flip of a coin. No yeah. pun intended with Two-Face. I really... Um, Oh, go ahead. Oh, you're good. You're good. I was just gonna say I really liked when he was chasing her from the rooftops. Yeah. And he was starting to, you know, slip up a bit and she was like, you know, that stuff is weighing you down. And I won't be surprised if we see a, you know, a continuation of this particular Batman in an upcoming movie if he hasn't like changed up to where his his suit is somewhat a little bit lighter based well, off know- the information she told him. I, I like that you mentioned that because there was a lot of things about his suit that, you know, you, you see, you know, I believe he was stabbed a couple of times. So it's like, you're not even wearing the Kevlar. Like there's, <laughs> this, this isn't the Batman we know. This, this My dude is out there in spandex and a cape. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's get into some more of these. Um, let's call them suspects. You know, we're going to get into part two shortly, but. In the, in the comic, 
everybody, you know, for those who have read, we'll get into more in part two, but as far as part one, um, the person arrested for the holiday killings is Alberto Falcone. And I like how they made a point to show him. You see, everybody else has a dead body. They made a point to show his body is gone. He is not going to be the holiday killer by any means. Yeah. He is. They, he is they wrote that off. Especially so, knowing that, like, putting that in the, or knowing that it's in the comics, you're changing it up for anyone who has an understanding of what the story could have been. So it's like you're giving them a new story as well. Mm-hmm. It's good. Like, they did it in a way that, because for a while, I thought it was Alberto. Like, I feel like... He had the motive. You can't tell me he didn't have every single motive to off everybody in that family so that way he got the bread. Even when they dropped him? (laughs) Even Batman was like, this is him. And he was so gung-ho, so loud and so wrong about who the holiday killer was. (laughs) So, so wrong. Out in public, everybody ended up seeing me in this bat suit yelling at this man for nothing. And then just another death, like for the holiday, for him to be there for the holiday killers. Like, I think that was the first time he was actually there and had a chance to catch the holiday killer. And just the fact that he couldn't like shows me like, Hey, this really is like, this just more proof. This is a very inexperienced Batman. He can't even catch a, a common, a common killer. You know what I mean? And one of the main people who was, you know, if it wasn't Alberto, everybody's looking at Harvey. Just yeah, because it was, it was it was Harvey or Alberto. When when Alberto died, damn Harvey, what you cut that nigga for? And he, you can tell he's so dedicated to cleaning up the streets of Gotham. It's like he's willing to go to those extremes and his mental, Oh, absolutely. His his mental state is is constantly being brought up. And you can tell, I like the way they animated it. I like the way the voice actor, you know, you can tell like the subtle um, inflations in his voice. You can tell Mm -hmm. the little gestures, just the little ticks, you know, especially when he's talking to his wife and he's like, this is like, you can see like something. Like you see off. him get like just a little frustrated, and it's like, yeah, that's not normal. Like, like that's not how a normal person gets mad or gets mad at. And like, I thought they were gonna do it like after he left the hospital, and they kept only showing like the one side of his face. I was like, man, yeah. they're gonna they're gonna do it from the movie, huh? They're gonna do it, it from they're gonna do it from the movie. And they and I love the way they do that. You know, every time you get a Harvey Dent, they're gonna blow him up at least one time. Like they're gonna they're gonna shock you into thinking that he's about to get the face and then he'll turn and everything'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of this, you know, I just to just to fast forward, we know it's not Alberto, and then you get to the post credit scene and you see poison ivy and you're like damn like what what's going to happen next like i i knew she was going to have some type of control over bruce i didn't know like how far it was going to go into the story 
but that's for part two, which we are about to get into right after a word from our sponsor. Welcome back to the Nerding with Friends podcast. It's me, Zero Money Money. I'm with my dog, Cole Name. What up? And now it's time to get into part two of the long Halloween. We mentioned Batman needing Catwoman before, but God damn, did he need her ass in part two. Saved him from Poison Ivy. Go ahead. You know the best part? Like, you were fortunate enough because you had the good sense to wait after the credits. I just rushed right off of the computer. I didn't know what happened. So when I started to like started the movie, I was so thrown off. Like I didn't know if I had missed something or like if I had just picked the wrong movie. Like I like like I thought I was wrong. Like something had to be off. And then when oh. it finally when she bust through the window, I was like, okay. Bruce done fucked up again. Bruce done fucked good up. Good thing he had Catwoman just to save him. Three months. Poison Ivy out here having Bruce write off everything he owned the Falcon. Everything. Boy, it's if the baby mamas could. Boy. <laughs> but what I did like about part two is we saw a lot more of the rogues. We got to see Joker again. Yeah. And I, he showed up in part one, but I'm not going to lie. This wasn't my favorite Joker. And yeah. just like, I feel like a lot of the stuff, it didn't really connect to him. Like, I feel like he was he was never a realistic option to be the holiday killer. Because if it's the Joker, he's going to want you to know it's him doing it. Yeah. And, so, and, and, and I believe he said that, too. He's like, hey, you know, I would want everyone to know it's me. That's not my style to be quiet about it. Like, I don't play riddle. I don't play games like that. Yeah, so we got Poison Ivy. We got Jarvis Tetch as um, Matt Matt Hatter. Hatter. We got Scarecrow. Um, Who else pulled up? You had uh, the Penguin. Yeah, Penguin. Another character we left out of this was Calendar Man, who, you know. That's who that was. Was somewhat helpful in part one, but definitely could have been more helpful. My dog was trying to get out and they wasn't letting him. Uh, I like when they broke everybody out, but he was the only one trapped in that bit. And you know the funny thing about that is, did you hear what he was saying about the the flip of the coin? So it's like you know who was there. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Daniel had the option. You know who was there and he was the only one that picked the wrong one. But at the same time, I'm sure that was also a little bit of Two-Face being petty with him not helping as much as he should have. But going back to part two, we we get the Two-Face transformation. We get the reveal of the holiday killer. Everything comes full circle. And it was a perfect follow-up to the movie that we got last month. Um, Batman still inexperienced. You saw that when he got hit with 
um, Scarecrow's fear toxin. And again, <laughs> we see Thomas and Martha die. I, 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 I don't know how many times I've seen or read about this couple dying, but it's been too many. Like the good thing about this one is at least they died in the shadows. Like we just heard, we just heard it. But I mean, we still saw the dead bodies. We still saw the dead bodies. Like we still know what happens. It's like that's this got to be. It's got to be traumatizing at this point. We we we're being numb to people dying over and over and over again. As it's like they have continues in Mario. But what I really liked about this is that a lot of stuff is paid off. Like you see, you see a lot that kind of comes to fruition. We talked about how um, Batman, Batman's parents worked with Falcone's parents. Yeah. And we get this flashback of a young Bruce and his parent, well, Thomas, his dad saves a young Falcone after he was shot. The dad brings him to him and he's healing and him and Bruce have this conversation. Bruce actually finds his double-headed coin mm-hmm. and tells him to keep it. This is the same coin that we see Bruce give to Harvey Dent in part one, which later becomes the coin used by Two-Face. And I think that is is sweet justice or it's, it's poetic justice how at the end when you have Two-Face about to kill Falcone, like it's a flip of his own coin. Yeah. That's going that's going to bring about his death. So it's like in a way it's like it all comes down to like choices that he's made and that he's, you know, accounted for over the years and things like that. Because at the end of the day it's like had he not been that way, had he not been a crime lord, he would have never had to deal with Harvey Dent anyway. Two-Face would have never been created. And, um, and even so, like Batman, he wants so much to separate his family's legacy mm-hmm. from the Falcones, but um, God damn it, what's his first name again? Um, Carmine. Carmine, Carmine. yeah. Carmine is the one that tells him that, you know, these crooks out here, they're a superstitious, cowardly lot. You know, like that's basically like what Batman uses as his, you know, his M.O. to, you know, that's why he dresses up like the Batman and he wants to be like this type of, you know, legend, this superstition that they Mm -hmm. can, you know, be afraid of. Right. And it's, 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 I like how in this, it's similar to the show Gotham, the transition of the mob and the mafia to the rogues. Um, it's, you know, not super power, you know, so to speak, but, you know, different people. Uh, I, I, that's what I call them. They're different. <laughs> um but it's in this way it's you're seeing you're literally seeing them die off like it's the the murder of the mob and it's all being by the hands of one person that batman is chasing so it's 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 watching it all and then seeing that the three people that are involved in trying to stop this person you see one of them become 
basically the person that they were looking to kill the whole time. Almost in that same thing they say in ironically it's Harvey Dent that said it in Batman. It's, you know, either you live, you know, you die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Boy, and in this way, it, boy, did he this time. It's like in this one, we really got a chance to see him become that boss at the same time as, you know, the mafia was falling off. And uh, I thought it was just beautifully. I, I like the way that it was written. It, it was beautiful. It was uh there wasn't a point where I got bored. There wasn't a point where I didn't want to watch. It's like like you you got drawn into the mystery because you were there with Batman, not knowing who the hell this this, this killer is. Uh, unless you myself, the the young detective out here. Uh, but we'll get to that later. Or if you read the graphic novel, I think now is the perfect time to just drop who the killer is. I mean, the killer herself is, which is, which now that I, now that we bring her up, that really adds more to the fact that Batman got his ass whooped. Is Mrs. Dent's Gilda, Gilda, Gilda Dent, Dent was the holiday killer, and her motives are somewhat different from how it happened in the comics as opposed to the movie Mm -hmm. and the comics she was doing it to help harvey you know help lessen his load so they could be more you know so they could have a family Mm -hmm. and you you kind of get hints at that because she seems like a person who is depressed and in the part one her and harvey Mm -hmm. keep talking about you know having a family and having a kid and she's like I don't know if I can and this and that like throughout the whole film she looks disassociated and yeah, like, like, like she like, needs him to be there and he's just well just not, not just not him it's like she needs something she's just not a yeah. happy person and it's right. so different to you know Harvey's personality to where he's seems like such a optimistic, happy-go-lucky guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's clear that he can't give her the full attention she needs, but I feel I always felt like it wasn't just that. Mm-hmm. That was, like, her issues. And in the movie, it makes a hell of a lot more sense <laughs> with her being the former lover of Alberto Falcone. They... Yeah. Went to Oxford together. That's how Batman figured it out. He went into Harvey's basement, saw the Oxford flag with some guns. Harvey didn't go to Oxford, but his wife did. Mm-hmm. And Carmine did not want his punk-ass son to have a child out of wedlock. So he, you know, annulled their marriage. And... Snatched the baby out. He got the baby was out of there and this was a personal vendetta for her she wanted everybody in that family gone for for what happened to her that's and when you look back to alberto dying my i'm thinking you know maybe she wasn't there to kill him 
but maybe seeing him make those advances towards Selena might have been like, all right, now I, bang, really bang. <laughs> now, <laughs> now I really can't take you out. Because it's not to say that she didn't love Harvey, but, you know, she got with Harvey in the sense that as the DA, he could bring justice to that mm-hmm. family. And when things weren't moving the way she wanted them to move, that's when she took matters into her own hands. She murdered them. All of them. Cold boy. She cold blooded with the with the with the pistol. And she I, got she got me when she got all uh, Sal's old man. Pop uh, buddy through the neck, bro. I was like, wow. And I, think, I don't even know what he did. <laughs> <laughs> I think the best part about her using the, the baby nipple as a silencer is like, you know, you guys, you guys took my baby from me. Mm-hmm. And now it's, you know, y'all about to meet y'all, y'all daddy type shit. You know what I'm saying? Dead ass. Like, <laughs> but I'm man, like, it's, uh, it was a really good payoff. Uh, I, I like how they, kind of broke it all down and I like how Harvey of all people was the first person to realize I I, I felt like there was a point in the street where they mentioned the finding the guns in you know her, his basement and literally the night before he had talked to his wife about opening the basement and she lied to him and said that you know she hadn't been down there and that was the moment she realized or he realized oh shit She's been killing niggas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it showed that, you know, the 10%, and I think this is, I think, I don't know if, I, I mean, maybe it's just me not reading up on the Batman comics. That was the first time I really got a chance to understand, like, it's a 90-10% split between the two halves of Two-Face. And I believe, like, that was the the 10%, you know, keeping her safe. Mm. Yeah, and that comes back when um, Two-Face actually appears and he's talking to Gordon and he tells him, like, that gun's coming handy. You know, possession's nine-tenths of the law. And he's got possession of nine-tenths of the body. You can see when Harvey was really starting to lose, it was after the guy that Carmine paid to intimidate him or to you know entice him into violence knowing about his mental health i assume yeah and that was the voice in his head that told him to get up because it was like hey they're looking for you now they're looking for us mm-hmm. and then in that courtroom you could just feel it was about to happen after Um, Maroney lied and saying that he was ready to help put Falcone away and everybody in the jury is laughing at him and you know he's just he's losing it and then Mm -hmm. to get that acid in the face that was that was the final straw so I needed to happen broke him like literally broke him broke him and I like that it wasn't a transformation into Two-Face I like that they're two separate people and that reminds me of Batman the animated 
series where you had Harvey Dent, and then you had, um, I think he called himself Big Bad Harv. <laughs> and sometimes, you know, Big Bad Harv would take over. And apparently, I, I think they alluded to that, you know, Big Bad Harv in the long Halloween would sometimes take over. I didn't really know what to make out of that scene in the hospital when he tells Harvey he's dead and then the phone rings. He's like, I got to take this. Like the call was meant for him and mm-hmm. not Harvey for the way that everything transpired. What, what, did you, what did you what did you make of that? So what I got of that is that Big Bad Harv, because what I kind of got of that is Big Bad Harv had been awake at, for for quite some time, but he had been doing things when Harvey was asleep. Mm-hmm. So maybe that call was made previously because that call had to be made by one of the rogues because that you know the next time you see him, you see them all together. So it had to be somebody, one of them, like, "Hey, we got this situation. Are you ready to go?" And when he said, you know, I think when he said you when he woke up and said you're dead, that was him saying, nah, I got the 90 percent now. Yeah. Uh, almost in a you, you know, you've seen Split. Mm-hmm. So kind of how they like how they got the light. It's like him saying, I got the light now. Mm. So it's like and then him getting that call is like, yeah, you called at the perfect time because I can actually do something. I, can uh, get I got you. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Which, then, <clears throat> it, which, which makes me question, and I wish they would have kind of alluded to it a little more. Is like how long had he had he been dealing with them? Because we didn't see really any connection between the rogues and Two Face prior to that. You know. Well, what are you talking about when he had that phone call? Because mm-hmm. that had to have been like before. Well, that wasn't the rogues that call. That was um. I assume that was um, Falcone's man, right? What That's who was on the phone? Huh? What was the next thing that ha- I can't remember. What was the next thing that happened after that? Where did he go? Then he killed those guys, and then he was on the run. And then he met with Grundy. Uh, so who was calling and why? Uh, that's what I'm trying to remember. I have to I say, like that's that's a guy that has me lost now. Like, like who was calling and why? Like, what what were they talking about? Because it definitely seemed like it was his call. And then, um, just to just to get back to the rogue that got freed, what I really liked about this Two Face is he wasn't like a mobster. He was still yeah. a lawyer. Yeah, you know, like, and he used the powers of, you know, persuasion and words to get these, um, as they're called, these freaks, the rogues, yeah, to like, he, he join his side. I feel, like, you know, I, I feel like it's really easy to go that mob boss route, but, like, I feel like there is a mob boss villain in, in, in Gotham. He's just a toy. Uh, he's, a, he's a ventriloquist doll. Like, when you take Two Face and you give him that more um, structured evil, but he still has his like dark side because like he's just a twisted person. Like it's just a different way to see it. And like when you like, I feel like when you're going that route from this point, when this being the first Batman movie, 
I feel like the next ones we see and the ones moving forward, they may continue like continue to go that route where we're like thinking more. We're like, like you said, we're going more grounded, and it's 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 looking like this this. Uh, I don't know what Flash did, but like so far, it looks like he did the right thing. Yeah, so far, if that's if that's what's what's come of it, yeah, but. Another thing that we really got to address here, and this was a big shock to me, um, was the Catwoman reveal. Um, yeah. It, it makes sense because this was personal for everyone involved. It was personal for Batman because of his family's ties to the mob. It was personal for Gilda because of, you know, what they did to her and Alberto. And for... Catwoman, we found out that her father is actually uh, Carmine Carmine Falcone. Which is crazy. Which is him having a child out of wedlock. wedlock. The hypocrisy. (laughs) This all all happened because of a child out of wedlock. You have one. Which goes back to what you said earlier, like the whole coin flip. All of this happened because of him and him, his hypocrisy. So it's all like, it's all full circle. And um, what's really interesting about that is I really like that she got that closure because when we meet, um, when she saves Batman for like the the, the hundredth time, <laughs> it's from Scarecrow's Fear Toxin. And he, of course, had the hallucination of his parents dying. And when he this saw, this had his whole fucking mask off in the middle of the park. Like <laughs> it was, in, it was, it was, in, it was in the alley. It's still, excuse me, like he was, he, he was out in the middle of the street. It was not. He was the out place. there. He wasn't home. <laughs> he was outside. Um, mask off. Oh. Fucking mask off. <laughs> Dancing with Perks and Marley. <laughs> At least that's the way he was feeling. And he kept, talking about where's my mama. <laughs> yeah. And so when she, you know, her and when her and Batman have that conversation, she's like, I don't even know my mom's name. So yeah. that like like you said earlier, you know, she's been out here on the streets doing this all on her own. Yeah. But now we also know that, hey. We know who our father is and how big he is on family this and family that. He probably had her mom killed. Oh yeah. So I, I have to think so. To 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 be able to say that there's a problem with you know having a child out of wedlock, you're probably offing your situation. The fact that Selena was able to survive is, is one thing in itself. So maybe Luis is still alive? Nah, nah, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I think she did. I don't, I think, I don't think it's likely. I think she did, dead. Well, she don't have to worry about getting revenge. That's for sure. She does not. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed this movie, too. Like, excellent pacing. Yeah. Um, the animation, voice acting, everybody came back. Real good story. Um, we got less of Gordon. Um, yeah. I don't know if that was done on purpose, but, and it's not a knock, 
you know, I, I enjoy that there was more Batman being Batman in this, mm-hmm. and especially all the attention that Harvey and the Falcone family got. I like the interactions that Sal had with what is Sophie, Sophia, um, Sophia, yeah, yeah, like. I feel like it was a natural transition of the other characters and, you know, who was important because at this point we were starting to get down to, you know, you know, it could only be so many people who this killer actually is. And then finding out, you know, fairly early that uh, Selena has ties to Carmine Falcone. Like now you want to hope that, you know, she'll have time to get to Buddy before holiday does and by the like you said with with the pacing of it all it's like they they really transition through each holiday within about maybe like a five to seven minute span and with all of that you know in itself like they still gave you a lot of information without it being like too much like it they did. They did pretty well. I don't know who like directed all of it. Like, yeah, I'm gonna have to look that up. Director Chris Palmer and writers Je- Jeff Lev and Tim Sheridan. You know, my you know my applause. Uh, they did an amazing job. If this is what D- DC need to bring this to the movies. And then another post credit scene. Uh, it's Halloween. Alfred goes to the door, sees some trick-or-treaters, and it's Green Arrow and Flash. I don't know if this has anything to do with the CW, uh, but uh, hey, awesome. let's see where this goes. You know, like before right. we just really had Superman and Batman, now it looks like we might be getting another Justice League movie sooner than we thought. And they're adding a Green Arrow this time. Like, oh, that means somebody's getting the knock. Somebody's getting a knock over getting a much larger roster. I would love to just start with a much larger roster. Start us off at 16, give us a big a, a big threat. Yeah, but uh, I, I thought they did it, uh, an incredible job with this. Um, I'm looking forward to the next DC film. Uh, the DC AMU like has never really let us down, so never, never lost. I, mean, I, don't, I don't really expect too much. And I think many. they learned. I think they learned a lot from Hush, which is yeah. also a movie where they they change stuff up from the predictable. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this ending was. It was just it was just a better change than what was originally done. Yeah, I feel like the the you know the previous Batman movies were all about the theatrics and the characters themselves, which isn't a bad thing. But there is a point where you want to turn these movies into something that does make you feel a kind of way too, as opposed to just you know enjoying it because you're tied to the characters it's almost like giving us inception with batman care it's still that there was a long there was many times where you thought the killer was one person and it turned out to be someone else 
And even with that, like there were some points where you just didn't even care who the killer was. Right. You, yeah. you were more interested in Batman's story or you yeah. were more interested in what was going on with Harvey. I feel like, like to, if they weren't talking about the the count the the holiday killer, I wasn't thinking about him. Not at all. No. Like if this was a there was a lot of times watching this, you almost wanted it to be a series so you could continue seeing this story continue. Like the holidays, the holiday killer could have been an arc and not and not even been a problem. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely good. With I, I like the direction that the animated movies are going. Okay. Uh, never really worried me anyway, honestly. Never lost. Never lost. But let us know what you think. Did you like Batman Long Halloween? Did you think it needed to be in two parts? Do you think that helps? Did you know who the killer was before they saw, before they revealed who the killer was? Let us know. Tweet us at NerdingWFriends. Like us on Facebook, Nerding with Friends. Check out the website, NerdingWithFriends.com. And don't forget to like and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Podchaser, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And until next time, it's been me, your boy, C-Row Money Money, that's C-R-O-Double-Dollar Sign. And me, your boy, Codename Comment. Y'all have a great one. And we out, you. Peace. Peace.